since they wanna know since they wanna know I said since they wanna know here's the formula on oh now let's go We're open for business. It's business. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Let's get right into it here. We have an awesome episode coming up for you. A special guest in Danny Conrad, who runs social for Barstool Chicago. Uh, Danny joins me at Open for Business Studios. We have a hilarious conversation uh, covering a range of things surrounding his start uh, in the world of creating content to uh, unpaid intern to IBS blogs and transition into him running and maintaining the social media uh, various channels for the Barstool Chicago crew. Um, I then also get in with a few IBS stories of my own and losing control in dicey situations. So me and Danny, uh, yeah, we talk about a wide range of things. It's definitely a can't miss. And from there, of course, we're going to have quarantines with Katie Patates to close things out. Uh, first things first, right off the bat, I did want to get a quick B2B segment out of the way. That's business to business for those of you just joining us. And so we're in episode eight. I want to discuss the path of the show to episode 10, where we're just going to incorporate everything uh, from the first nine episodes. And we're in episode eight, another reminder. And that is going to be the live set if everything goes according to plan. So we do have irons in the fire right now, and it appears that things are going to pan out to where we will be performing in a semi-live state and in Illinois, actually, so a semi-live state, uh, metaphorically and physically. Um, but with that said, we will try to do our best to make that happen. Who knows how things are going to look for the next few weeks and months. Uh, but all the jokes that were pitched, the nuanced stories, they're going to be put together in a more tight set, rehearsed, and ready to rock, and I really can't wait for that. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing behind the scenes, a lot of writing based off all the content that has been presented thus far. Uh, we have gone intercontinental. Basically, we have listeners all over the world except for Africa and Antarctica, but I think we're going to hit those two soon enough. I could feel it. But yeah, listenership here for Open for Business has exploded 1,000% during quarantine. I mean, as podcasts across the board are down quite big, Open for Business is performing. Granted, I started at the, the start of the pandemic, so we could really only go up, and that's an exponential percentage rate, but... I'll take it. Still real metrics. All right, guys, without further ado, let's just get right into it. We have Danny Conrad from Barstool Chicago. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing into Open for Business Studios, Danny Conrad, and Danny does social for Barstool Chicago. Danny, welcome to Open for Business. Thank you for fucking joining. Thanks for having me. First time, long time. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. You're the second live guest we've had at the O4B studios since Barstool Carl. So there's an association there um, that the seat is warm. I'll say that. He much. was sitting in this seat? Yes, exactly. And that exact spot. Uh, but, and one thing I do want before we get into it, one thing that I wanted to hit on right away is I had you pegged initially as the co host for Open for Business before I knew it was what Open for Business actually was. Do you recall? I do recall. I feel like we have skewed memories of it, though, so I want to hear your side of the story first. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, and I think it, that's the funny part and why I even want to bring this up as, like, we had met at a few different events. Like, I, I did get to know you a little bit, you know, probably four or five different Barstool-centric things, Cubs games, so on, and we had started kicking around ideas of, like, doing a podcast, and mm -hmm. I kind of went full steam ahead 
and was like, hey, man, would you be interested in being the co-host? And there was no name at the time. I think I was actually pitching around how to be funny, which is just garbage. Well, I said yes, for the record. Yes. My, my thing was, the idea of the podcast at first was we do stand-up and then we report back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we were really overlooking the part where I had to go on stage like five nights a week. Yeah, I just like let it like ride. <laughs> was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You don't need to go on stage if you don't want to, but the, the theme of the podcast is going to be me and you discussing jokes, performing them, and then breaking them down from there. Whether we bomb or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just thinking like you're okay with like jumping up on a mic with unprepared jokes probably at the time. Well, yeah, uh, stand-up was kind of new grounds for me. So that was it was like you were basically asking me to become a stand-up yes. instead of doing a podcast. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, uh, I think I had just started working uh, for Barcelona as a social guy yeah. at the time. So I was like, oh, let me settle in first. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I never came up with uh, good enough onstage material, I guess. And then as it went on, you, we saw – when was the last time I saw you? At uh, Joe's on Weed? That was the last night, and – so I'm, I'm buzzed a little bit at the Joe's on Weed NBA Jam tournament, and that was like the last time I've been around a large group of people, in fact, but neither here nor there. One thing I remember going up to you and just being like, yo, dude, like, I, got, I was like, I got one microphone arrived, one on the way, <laughs> pop filters, ready to go, and we had kind of like loosely talked about doing Look, this. Look, I was still in. I was like, fuck, like, like you were acting like um – Getting on stage was so easy that I was like, I can't tell him that I'm nervous. And I think it was because it was the only idea I had at the time of like what we were going to do as a topic. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't know the direction this thing was going. I knew I wanted to start a podcast about comedy in some like facet. It would have just been us bombing uh, on stage for like three seasons straight of the show. It could have been entertaining. It could have. No, yeah. So, I, but then quarantine happened, so we yeah, couldn't even get it. That's it, my excuse. None of this, and that's the, that is the truth. None of this would have mattered. But the beauty of it is, I'm looking at it like I'm probably nine years older than you are, and I was like just assuming you were in, almost texting you like I wasn't. Let me I, let I, me say that. Okay, I understand. I understand. Have the fucking nads yeah. go on stage first, and so once I did that, I was like, all right, because I wanted if it was if that was the premise, I needed something to talk about. I can't be coming on the mic every week being like, I, I totally I, understand. I, I didn't have balls this week. Well, and that was my mistake too. I just jumped in to have a stand-up <laughs> podcast, and then didn't really have any jokes prepared to tell. And when I tried, I'm like, oh fuck. This is going to be a lot more like a lot more difficult than I originally anticipated. So this all is wor- it worked out for the best. For, in, You're right. People want to people want to hear about your failures, not yeah. your successes. And with that said, the funniest thing though is like all of a sudden I remember having the realization, and I'm like one night I'm like oh fuck like wait a second I don't know if he actually wants <laughs> to do this, and I was like I hope to God that he's not like oh like he doesn't like is like worried about texting back and like letting me down and this is before quarantine but i'm like i hope i'm not putting pressure on you know this kid that i barely know i was just about being a co-host i was just taking a while to make up my mind i was still trying to get in like the groove uh, of things at at barstool so i was like i probably shouldn't be starting any podcast right now because it was like right totally when i started and then throw like just randomly becoming a stand-up comedian and, on top of that. Yeah, my load was and full. Baseball season was literally like around the corner at the time, 
And at, that was the NBA Jam tournament. I was like, yo, dude, two mics on the way, pop filters ready to go. We're rocking and rolling. Don't worry, wait until I figure this shit out. And I'm like, we're gonna. I was like, we're gonna get thousands of listeners the first episode. And you're like, you were busy as fuck. Like you were running. I like caught your ear for one second, and I just spewed all this. And that was when, like, the next day, I had the realization. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, kind of putting this kid out here. And not at all. I was busy because I was. You were I, working. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. And it was it was like a a peak hour of the tournament. It was like the last game or something. But uh, no, not at all. My thing was just like I don't know um, if I'm going to be going on stage anytime soon. Did, yeah. So did you go on stage? Yeah, I did for, for the the first episode. Episode right? one was the only time I got on stage, and that was one shit at the fan. Literally, as I got off and the show ended, the NBA like called it quits. So we walked out of the back area at Irish Oak and everyone's looking up at the screens and it was like NBA season is suspended. And I'm like, Oh fuck. This is our last open mic. Yeah. This is the last open mic I'm going to be doing in a while. I need to pivot real quick. So how is it going to these open mics? Like, cause I've done like four in my life. All right. And it was way back. I was like, and that's admirable in itself. I guess I could just talk about those times when I bombed, but you go there now and you don't even have a guaranteed spot. Right. And half the time you got to wait like an hour I think, like, in this case, he, uh, Pat Truer, he was a guest on the show, or, like, episode four, I believe. Either way, he runs, like, a very tight ship. So it's, I mean, it's whoever gets there first. Like, and there was comedians coming in, signing up and leaving, but then coming back because those are the folks that are actually hitting multiple mics and spots a night. Those are the hardcores, which I just, I don't know if I'm going to ever be. But, um yeah, that's how it worked. And then other times there's like non-guarantees. Like you can just sign up and you might get called. Like maybe it's a raffle system or things of that nature. Yeah, last time I did it was at uh, the Laugh Factory. And unfortunately, I actually got a good number. So I got to go on stage yeah. and it was just, you could hear fucking crickets in the crowd. That was the first time Comedy Bar, because I signed up the week previous. This was years ago. I had got, I was first one on and it was right after a sold out show. So like there was a full crowd there like drunk and I had to spin this wheel and like got a horrible crowd suggestion. Some of the, the business listeners have, have heard this story before, but it was brutal to say the least. Cause I was all of a sudden my first go around was a packed house. So it was like improv stand up. Like they told you what to do. You spin about? a wheel and like one of the, one of the sections is like wheel of fortune crowd suggestion two minutes four minutes that sort of thing see that sounds like a nightmare it, it is and it's not the way like a beginner should go about it by any means but that's the one i wanted to do hey can only go up thought i had an angle yeah well re- i'm gonna revisit that place i think sometime soon and they still have that dreaded wheel and I'll be a little bit more prepared this go around. I've heard I've heard about that wheel. I hear if you can like survive that wheel. Yeah, you're, you're pretty. good. I mean, and the guys that did are gamers and like knew like no matter what it lands on, they're ready to rock. Oh. So it's either like crowd work, crowd suggestion, which is what I got, and some asshole said Hamburger University. So I was like, oh fuck! Like I didn't realize it was a McDonald's thing. Like I just yeah, froze. I, 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 I had a friend that went there. Yeah. I would I would have known that, but hearing Hamburger University, it, no context. Yeah, it just freaked me out. And I and then then it just went downhill fast. The actual the host goes, "Do your set, man." And I was like, "No, I can't. Like, I gotta adhere to the wheel. Like, then I'll really lose the crowd if all of a sudden I'm like, fuck this guy's suggestion.' <laughs> like the first dude who goes. So, anyways, 
that was uh that's getting thrown into the jungle it it really was yeah i had a hard enough time preparing things for two weeks straight and going on stage let alone getting told to talk about hamburger you yeah it was it was tough and then i didn't go up for like three years afterwards yeah try try six not even because of that yeah it was just like Son of a bitch. I mean, I can't wait for three weeks from now, and then it just didn't work out. My thing is, like, when I was thinking about doing this for the show, mm-hmm. it's like you got you to gotta clear a whole night for this, Like, if, especially if you're a big-timer going mic to mic. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to drive to Wrigley. You're going to pay for parking. You have to make sure that you can even go up, you know? And pff, the thing about open mics, too, is everyone is just – you know this everyone's like studying their own material yeah so you can't even gauge if it's funny or not that, because they're not gonna laugh anyways because they're not paying attention and that's which i mean totally that's how dude. it goes 100 percent. for a, for someone doing it for like the first time it's like fuck am i i am the least funniest guy around and, and that was the time at irish oak where i learned like i had like dudes that went up that were funny and i knew that they knew what they were doing and that's when i knew immediately that i didn't and they were all staring at me in the back like just standing up in the back looking directly at me and oh, i'm like yeah. Oh my! I was like this. So like, this is it. This is doing old Mike. And the, at like, Laugh Factory, I felt like Carrie with the pig's blood on. Yeah, that's the thing about open mics. They weren't laughing. And a piece of advice that I did learn from Pat a few episodes back was like, if you're doing open mics, like you have to do it for you. Like you're just working on your shit. Like you, you're not. Yeah, you can't go cages. up thinking you're going to kill. Right. You're just trying to get and get your own beats and, and rhythm. And I wasn't prepared anyways because I literally, like, recorded the podcast and was like, all right, let's go. And, like, like finished mm-hmm. the intro. I was trying to do it in sequential order. Just it was not effective. Wasn't prepared with the jokes. Probably had too many beer when he actually went. Just nerves. And then it didn't really work that great. But that was my – that was the experience. Hey, that's, that's how it goes. That's what open mics are for. Um, and so moving back, like, with the co-host thing – and I remember being like, I came to the realization and I was like, dude, I texted you. I think maybe the day after the NBA GM tournament, I'm like, by the way, man, you know, you like, I, I don't think like you're not locked into this. Like you are, I know you got a lot going on. You're more than welcome. Like, you, you know, I, you're not in hundred percent. I don't think that you're in 100%. I just wanted to communicate that so that like you didn't feel bad about like letting me down or something. Well, it was almost like I signed up. I was going to sign up for book club and I didn't read the book, Yeah, you know, like by not doing the stand up. So I don't want to show up here and be like, Hey, I, uh, you know, haven't, haven't hit the mics. And and enough about that, honestly, like, and then COVID. <laughs> so, cause none of that would have mattered yeah. anyways. Nothing matters anymore. Really? Like you said, like your excuse was baseball season. Like, where's your excuse now? Right. Oh, COVID it's, pandemic. Yeah. Uh, a- so, I do want to get into actually like what you're up to now. And I remember when I met you originally, you know, maybe a year or two ago was at a couple of like one of the live events. And then I really got to talk to you. I think at like a Cubs outing mm-hmm. where the putting contest as well. Yeah. Oh, the putting contest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was 100% where yeah, I actually met you. Yes, absolutely. But I know you were an intern at the time, but like, tell me a little bit. I know you're doing social, um, and you're, you're pretty involved with the Chicago guys and all that. But, like, what brought you essentially into, like, the content universe and, like, tweeting funny stories? Because I know you've been doing this longer than, like, your initial stint with Stool. So going back to stand-up, actually, when I was doing open mics or oh. when I was, like, okay. looking for uh, open mics to do, a lot of them were, like, three minutes. You know, what are they usually? It was, like, yeah, four minutes is long, I feel like, but I've been seeing that. 
two minutes is what I've also seen, like pretty quick See, hits. That's, that's crazy. And me. that is, it's very fast. And my idea was like to tell a story, you know, it's kind of a, a cheap way to get a, a good laugh. But yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't have time on stage to tell these stories. I don't, I don't deserve more than three minutes, you know? So I was like, fuck. And then um, I took a journalism class I was telling you about before. And uh, the teacher made everyone start a blog. Mm-hmm. So I started a blog. I had just started reading Barcel at the time. I was a little uh, late bloomer, like 2014. But okay. I caught up real quick. And uh, so I just put a blog out there. And it was actually, at the time, there was like a trend going on with Dunkin' Donuts. Like hashtag my Dunkin' story, I think. And All so right. I, I, used, I used that, just ripped off of that. And told a story about the first time I drank coffee, and I didn't realize it's basically a straight body cleanse that I was about yeah. to I was about to like shit myself on the train the first okay. time I took it, and uh, I wanted, wanted to come out the gates hot so I couldn't like you know kind of go back. I was like, look, you if you if you talk to all these people from your neighborhood or whatever your friends just about the time you're shitting yourself and mm-hmm. really putting it all out there the first time. And that eventually, oh, yeah. yeah, that eventually led into. Uh, and this was your, this was the like, first college ever. blog. Yeah, this was the first. I was probably like twenty-one. Your teachers so like, like start a blog, and you're like, here we go. Yeah, so At we first. we didn't have to. See, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. So we didn't have to like show him. He was just like he kind of shamed us. He was like, you guys want to be writers, but you don't write. And I was mm-hmm. like, touche. So I just started something. I mean, I'm friends with like, you know, my best friends are like beer truck drivers, plumbers, electricians. Yeah. So that's totally different from the stand-up. Stand-up, it's like, you got to be, like, you want to laugh when you're there, you know? It's like, but this is like, people are just on their phones. It's hard to make that crowd laugh. 100%. More, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, uh, a good shit story never failed. There and, you go. Yeah, and then, so then I just... There's truth into that. And then uh, I just kept blogging, and then over the years, I would bug... Uh, Eddie Farrar or Eddie Barstool. Okay. Because he went to the same high school as me. He's about two years older. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, man, anything I can do, any way I could help, blah, blah, blah. Probably like three years went by or so. And then um, he asked me if I wanted to be a co-host on his podcast with him and another guy. I, I never even no thought about I never even like thought about doing a podcast. Honestly, it's not really – it was never really – in my plans, right. like more of like a, a blog writing guy. I need, need time to think, you know? Totally, man. As you yeah. can see here. Yeah, there's a difference between, I think, like rapid fire blogging and writing, 100%. Yeah, I never just, it was just something that, not never a goal of mine to like be doing radio. I mean, I like it. I just never thought, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so did it for like two years with him. It was a podcast called Neighborhood Guys. And in the midst of it, he got picked up by uh, Redline Radio. Right so on. he was back in the scene. This was after like... Um, their uh, churning deal. Okay. And so we had this podcast going and eventually just became me and him. And, um, and then, yeah, Eddie, Eddie like blew up overnight. Funny story. We were doing this thing for our podcast where uh, <clears throat> we're both from the same, like Northwest side of Chicago, same, yeah. same neck of the woods. And there's this uh, resident dump called the Esquire Motel. And so we always wanted to do a live podcast from there. All right. And so we, we did it from there that night. I think night. I know the Esquire. Yeah, we got, oh, I hope you don't. Not well. <laughs> driven around, <laughs> driven stories. past, yeah. So we did uh, the podcast there. And then the next the next day, I remember, was the Bears-Green Bay game. And that's when, like, Eddie blew up. Oh, so he time. went from, like, this dinky motel to, like, Prez writing blogs about him, how much how much he loved him. Almost like, overnight. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great contrast. Yeah, that's awesome. But then, yeah, Eddie is like, "Why I'm I'm at Barstool?" <clears throat> no shit. He, you know, he just like kind of 
said, we'll give you this platform. And like, I was working at a bar for a while. So mm-hmm. I was just trying to do this on the side. I was just like grateful to be able to write anything on there. Totally. And then man. eventually it was like, it was like brand new. It was like three months into all them getting hired full time. And so, uh, yeah, I got brought on as a social guy and then you just spot filled. That's awesome, dude. Um, and like, how is that too? Like all, like being thrown in when they're getting kind of started, you know what I'm saying? Like that has to be a little bit tough. Like, Oh shit. I have some pressure on me now. Like, I don't know. Maybe you tell me, like, did you feel pressure where you're just like, I love to do this shit anyways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, when I first got put onto the social job, um, the Barstool Chicago Instagram was formerly the Barstool Heartland Instagram. Same with most of their platforms. And they had Pat McAfee. Yeah, that's like McAfee was yeah, so the he, show. He, he exploded. He gathered up a huge following for, for that account. Yeah. And so I went into the ring with like already over f- almost half a million people. Now, it was like getting tossed into an arena. I was like, shit. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, like, but like what to do with like, that? Yeah, I was like, I just kept daunting. going. Yeah. You know, just, just stick to, like, the basic bitch captions and that, like, tread lightly. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, yeah. But, I mean, I never, like, really was uh, expecting to be on uh, camera with all of them right. and everything, you know? Totally, so it wasn't that, wasn't that nerve-wracking. I was just like, yeah, just do your job, tweet from the accounts, post. And, like, from there, <clears throat> some of your posts, like, started taking fire. Like, at least they caught my eye. Specifically, the IBS blogs. And that sounds familiar to your, your yeah. That, that so that was before the, the social shit, yeah. Right. So that's before the social shit, and like I think about like the vulnerabilities, like to go out there and actually like put that stuff. But if you're comfortable with it, which I am, like, and that's just everyone that everyone experiences, and it is like in some situations are funny. I mean, it's uh, it's admir- it's admirable, but at the same token, like a lot of people are would be terrified. Of putting out that sort of content. Um, I can't say it's improved the love life. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. But, it, you know, at the same token, if if they're not coming around, like, with knowing who Danny Conrad is, then... <laughs> they, they're not we getting don't, turned they, on by reading my diarrhea running down my well, leg stories. Fuck, but still, fuck that. This guy's he's a winner, <laughs> girls. All the no, open I, for I, business I, lady listeners. I'm just messing. That's a, a joke I'd put in there. By the way, DMs are open, girls. Sh- shootsy scores. Um, <laughs> but, like... I'm thinking too, what's so awesome is like user generated content that came from it. That's why I did it. That was what what was like, whoa, people actually are, I mean, they're not scared to share. And I think it might've even been a platform for people to finally just tell the story and get it off their chest, you know, or out their ass. We had a lot of anonymouses. And that was like, I mean, they're all hysterical and you knew the ones at least that you would post that. Like, you couldn't make this shit up. Oh, nice pun. Right. A-plus pun. Thank yeah, you. There, it was great. There was, like, people from New York to New Zealand just emailing me the stories about them shitting themselves. It, so, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was In, awesome. like, the most precarious situations. Yeah, I'd have to, like, set an hour aside, just read shit stories every day. And, like, we could literally have a whole podcast on this, like, like reading these stories yeah, and we, so we, That's what the, the podcast should be about. Yeah, maybe, yeah. IBS that podcasts. might be under the O for B umbrella once, like, I get the production company LLC up and running, but... I mean, a good shit, a shit joke is just... And I, I got some for you later, so hold that hold that thought. There's a theme to this episode. Got it. But yeah, just doing like IBS blogs, I was like, holy fuck, this kid's funny as hell. He can write. And then like I'd actually met you at that Harborside International course, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but and then you started getting a little bit more involved, and like you had to like engage like 
you know, Stewie's like which content to highlight and like which ones to gain, like which blogs to, I don't know. You, you like, that's why I'm kind of like looking for guidance. Like you always have to be on your toes and like, and engaging and it has to be fresh and like which blogs to like reblog or retweet, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like what's that been like as the steams kind of picked up and the Chicago guys, like after they really found their footing. Yeah. Twitter is like, so I don't know if we said this, I run the bars for Chicago, Redline radio and dog walk. Mm -hmm. So those platforms from like Facebook to TikTok. So Twitter is like an open mic, right? One, because it's just rapid fire, and two, because of the follower difference alone with between Barstool Chicago Twitter and Barstool Chicago Instagram. Like I said, yeah. it's like half, half a million people. So Twitter, you just, you just you know, see what works. You know, don't be stupid. But um, Instagram is kind of a bitch because you have to sign all these uh, release forms. You have to send people a form to sign. They have to submit it and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and where Twitter is like, you could do the share video. So it still gives them credit under the caption, but you could, you could reach out too. But, uh, Instagram is just based off like the DMS you get pretty much. And I mean, we, I don't know, we, we get a good amount, but like it's, it's to sift sometimes a I stress. Oh yeah. I, I'm not one for like queasy videos yeah. either or like, or like people getting beat up. So Sometimes you got to watch a lot of people puke, not expecting it. Yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> that is that is actually rough. It's like... No, some, I, I'm some... kidding, obviously, but 4th of July was like... I was like a dog on the 4th of July going to the DM, seeing kids like blow off their finger with a bottle rocket. I took you dead seriously there. I like look, started looking at a painting like, in the Open Forbidden so, Studios. You I was That's why so... you pulled me back in. I was like, oh, man, yeah, dude, that has to be some of the shit you see. Yeah, all like those like scrolling. those like YouTube moderators who are like I'm just doing what everyone else does, just scrolls with their phone all day. Holy except, fuck! Except it's just there's an agenda. Yeah, man. Damn. But but no. So I'm glad it's not that serious. No, not at all. It's it's. <laughs> I, I seriously it, looked at the painting and was like, oh. Fuck. I thought you were fucking. I with opened me. up a wound. <laughs> all right, and like with that said, I, obviously I didn't open up a wound, but. Having to, you know, review content and like highlight certain things every once in a while, as well as engage like with your the redline listeners on the quotes and guests and so on. But in the beginning, I know you you were a part of content a little bit. And as an intern, I know you were at like Lollapalooza. And tell me like if that helped like bridge the gap when you like knew kind of what to promote and what stoolies were looking for when you originally were like generating your own stuff. Yeah. If that trying, makes sense. I, I remember trying, the Lollapalooza thing. Like mm-hmm. kicking I was off. trying to be like a, a field reporter. Right. It definitely helped with like knowing the guys, obviously I didn't yeah. want to be, you know, Barstool's a very like drama ran thing. So right. I don't want to be like in white Sox Dave's face when he's at a low point, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you got to like, you know, get to know the guys before, I guess. Right on. Um, but yeah, a lot of like, Chicago-based stuff obviously does huge numbers on, like, all the... I just remember, like, Wild Blues, like, you got shot with water. Like, you started the video. You were like, hey, it's Danny Connor, intern DC from yeah, Barstool, Chicago. And, uh, water in the face. Yeah, me and Carl went there, and Carl didn't go in because, you know, he's, like, 32. Even, right. I'm, I, that was my first time at Lala, actually, mm-hmm. and not good at age uh, 26. But, yeah, I don't know. It was constantly just trying to look for something going on in the city. Like I went to, I would go to like fest at Navy pier, like a, a new, uh, newlywed fest. Yeah. Shit like that. It's hard yeah. out there. I know, I, but I, it I was interesting. I didn't have like an, I didn't have like a niche. So I'm just trying to get whatever I see. Well, and then there's like the crocodile comes to town in the humble park where everyone that was like, but that was the n- nicer time before COVID 
when like we could just hunt crocs in humble park oh, the and good old days have it be a two-week news story that's all we had going for it you were on abc7 yeah WGN i remember seeing too, it. not to brag it was like you know i'm just out here trying to catch a crocodile and like that was like hilarious content in the start and i'm like holy shit who is this guy so that kind of brought me back yeah, I happened to live like two blocks from Humble at the time, so I, really? just, so I just ran over there. Uh, I think I had the first exclusive uh, interview with Gator Bob, not to flex. I remember that. Yeah, that's amazing. I tried. But no, yeah, like I said, it's just whatever. That was a blessing in disguise there. For sure, dude. Like, And then coyotes are running around, and you're like, I'm on it. Yeah, just accidentally Like you became, became the animal the, control dude yeah, for Barcelona, Chicago. Barcelona Outdoor Chicago. No, but it's been interesting, like, only because, like, I remember when you were doing all that content, and then I saw you, like, transition into, like, just running their social engagement and that sort of thing, and it's been interesting, and you're funny on Twitter, on your own, you know, handle, and then, like, you also are are always engaging with Barstool Chicago on on their Instagram, the Redline accounts, across the board, it's funny, and it's engaging, and I, honestly, it's been fun to watch from my perspective, even just being a stoolie a stoolie like chicago stoolie hardcore um you know scene develop i think it's awesome i appreciate that yeah it's i got i'm super grateful for the job i'm at right now got, well, me, got me right out of the bar and you're also a member of the better business bureau regardless yeah, that, of turning down more. co-host duties <laughs> that's slander so and and as you know danny well we're gonna move forward i, I appreciate you telling me the background like how you got into content and stuff that's fucking awesome i hope i didn't sound like a douche like i sounded like the you, 60 minutes interview no one asked for no 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 trust me this is something i'm interested and, in and unsuccessful and the o for b listeners are going to be interested in as well you right, just good. trust thank that. you everyone i got a good beat i got a good beat on these guys all right good so uh the, is all, you, all 1,000 of them? Oh, yeah, at least. Minimum. <laughs> that's what you, that's the, the numbers predict in the first week. We're international. You hit them. You hit them. Yeah, at this point, yeah, finally. That's, it took a few months, but we're there. It took me way longer to reach any of that. So it's a tough game out there, gang. It is. Um, so with that said, as you know, like what I'm trying to do, and like I, I've explained to the listeners at the top end of the show, the path of Open for Business is I'm trying to take things from each episode and then bring them into an actual set. So episode 10 is going to be the big live show and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I have a few different things I'm working on, neither here nor there. But what I wanted to do, kind of going with the theme of like, I know you run like the IBS blogs or, you know, you did, I thought they were hilarious. I know you like suffer from the actual <laughs> sin, like IBS. I have good days sin- and bad days. Right. Today was a bad day. We they- got, we got, pfft. We got five on the board today, I think. Oh, man. I mean, a Dunkin' Ice Coffee will make anyone shit twice. I'll say this. My family is, like, actually actively, and I'm not bullshitting at all, asking me to go see, like, a gastroenterologist. Like, I need to, like, get something taken care of because I have have issues myself, as I'm about to explain. Not to get sidetracked. Is there even a cure besides changing your diet? I don't think so. Yeah, so you just live with it. You don't need to tell anyone else. I mean, I already told the nation, but you don't need to tell anyone else. Uh, I am going to release this episode, but I think I am. Yeah, well, we, maybe I won't disclose the diagnosis. So with that, like when, but having you on and like it reminded me, honestly, is a few incidences that I've had in the past. And one is where I met you at that putting contest at Harborside International. And I had went on camera willingly and just flat out told the story. Like I could tell you were like, camera guy go and like had like the microphone in my shit sells so it does 
And like, I'm not going to be going for like gross out humor in these, like in these segments or even quips better man than I when, when they're developed, you know, cause like, I'm going to try to tell you the story and then we're going to try to figure out what, yeah. what, how I can actually mold this into something that's presentable, you know, as a joke. Yeah, the main thing is the shitting yourself can't be the punchline, right? Right. right. No. Yeah. Then that's, it's I'm not going to be story. like, yeah, and no. Hap- it's a good story and you happen to shit yourself. And then I shit down my leg. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm thanks. laughing. That's it. There we go. And I'll be like, you know what? I might prepare the people and be like, guys, so this joke isn't going to be a, like a gross out joke. Like, man, I shit down my leg. Fuck. Hit him with well, a we'll preface. See. Well, we're, that's the thing. It's a workshop. So it was at Harborside, and this is something I wanted to develop, and it was a shotgun start for a golf outing, okay? I felt fine. Everything was good. It wasn't like I was out the night before. Perfectly normal. It was a hot day. Might have been dehydrated and even realized. This is always how it starts. Yep. Shotgun start, overcrowded outing where eight people, eight groups are teeing off on one hole, and then, like, you pay, play best ball from there. So the first hole, and I have, I'm with, you know, four other, me and three other dudes, all good buddies of mine, and then I have, f- like, three other groups directly behind us, but all teeing off at the same hole. So as we launch, we're driving, and I remember, like, just, you know, risking it all of a sudden and not realizing, thought that I was just going to be, passing gas and this boom discharge immediately took a chance for it and i go oh oh fuck dude i should shulty i shit my pants and i just jumped out of the cart and it was can we um go yeah please interrupt any chance you got no can we go through the so in those blogs if you were one of the few people who read them i had a a grace period chart so that means you have to understand the repercussions for that particular time and place if you were to shit yourself yeah so let's start off with Location, Harborside. And I don't know what hole it was because it was like your, it was a golf outing. So my, we were driving out to a certain hole, but there's like no trees around. It's a Lynx style course. Very limited. Wide open. So potential witnesses, those three other golf parties. Yeah, immediately. There was at least 14 people coming in hot. Now, very important. Pants situation. Not, not good for me, but... I'll get there in a second. Like, were they white? Were they, it was shorts? White, off the table immediately. Oh, shorts? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And it was like instant, and I'm like, fuck, I thought I might be able to salvage, like, just get rid of the underwear. Did it cross the plane? It did. And cross the plane, I'm like, motherfucker. I go, I just, like, shit my pants, and then everyone rolls up, and you can't hide this. These are also my buddies. It's not like a random group where I could be like, hey. Was this a shark that that breached the boxer's layer, though? Yeah, it did. Yeah, That's okay. why the, that was why it was a problem. Yeah, I, I figured. Immediately. I mean, I figured, could you have um, thrown the boxers and just put the shorts on and look normal? Or was there too clear much residue? Residue, okay. too much of a risk. Just dirty for a long 95-degree <laughs> day on the course. Luckily, so all my buddies show up, and I'm like, fuck it. I, hey, guys, shit my pants. And it wasn't, there was no warning. It wasn't like a stomach problem. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I'm just going to rip. Whoa, we have a problem. Immediately jump off, move on. All my buddies come up. People are like, you know, they're laughing. And I'm like, I don't know what, what do you guys want me to do? Do I go to the club? Like I have to go buy a pair of shorts. My buddy Digger Phelps is what I call him. He had a pair of shorts in his golf bag. Oh, huge savior. Ditch the underwear, ditch the, my shorts, get a plastic bag, change into his shorts, 
Now these shorts are a 30 waist and I'm like a good 38. Okay. So these things, the zipper didn't even go up halfway. And beggars can't be choosers. At and that no, not at some. all. But like, at least they like, I could put my legs in them. Did you save your boxers and shorts that you shouldn't? No. The thing is, is I put them in a bag and just left them at hole like 13. Okay. So you were nice enough to at least put them in a bag. Oh yeah. I thought that meant you were bringing them home. No. Yeah. There were, no these things outs. were long gone. And so that was like, that's like the Harborside incident. First hole of the scramble had about at least minimum 12 buddies like pulling up all at the same time. Luckily, my buddy did have those shorts. Played the rest around fine, and then like I became the diaper guy at that specific outing that we went to, you know, annually. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Your buddy though, that's like uh, you can't pay that kind of favor back. I'll never even forget. I swear to God, his face when he was like, "I got an extra pair of shorts in my car," or and, and no, in my back, my golf bag. He's like, "I got an extra pair of shorts." I wouldn't have even you. like said anything if I'd just be like too lazy. I'm like, I'm not gonna go to my truck and get short yeah no and it was in his golf bag so we were good oh, huge but like i'll never forget digger phelps matt shirky being like hey man i got a pair of shorts for you and he knows they're not going to fit me but he knows it's way better than like me having to all drive all the way back to the clubhouse and buy an 80 dollar pair of like flex shorts that who knows like how long those are going to last right you got to put that guy in your will or something he seriously might be i know he listens to the show <laughs> thank you digger you saved me and like so now taking that story, I'm tr- like, what, like, I need to mold it into like a joke. And I think the funny points is one where like one shit in, shit in the pants is funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like no warning sign, whatever. Jump out. I was like, you have to pull over immediately. Jump out. That's funny. But I need to like make it beats like line by line. So I'll, I'll like try to like be like, Jumped out of the car and like then I had twelve buddies coming. Like, I don't know how to make that funny because we had talked and like you had mentioned like how you wanted to be like the storyteller guy and like that was like that's mm-hmm. my approach. That's what I want, but it's not feasible at open mics where you got like these quick hits. Right. You got to earn like you said like you got to like earn that. Mm-hmm. Like so like I'm trying to figure out how to mold this bastard. So I think you got to really. Uh showcase the part where you realize it's more than just a fart like when you get that warm feeling in your ass and you're like yeah this is not normal sound the amber alert it was instant too it was like i jumped up from like the hot leather seat yeah you immediately know. when you was know like well oh right away right so that uh, you just have to think yep. of some comparisons Boom. like it's i'm like, taking notes down for real <laughs> i don't know if you should be listening to me but you probably just, just like trust this, this is good this is what i need you just like heard you heard nothing but your heartbeat. Yeah. And then, like I said, you have to go through, like, who's going to see this? Because, like I always say, if no one saw you shit your pants, then you didn't shit your pants. That's, and that's just how it works. Because, I mean, who else are you going to tell, you know? Those yeah. Those are words to live by. That was the problem. It was, like, at least 12 coming up on, on right. golf carts. <laughs> you got a good dozen. But with that said, I, I, I see your bullet point. I think that's the best, the realization. Because that's the most relatable aspect. Maybe get into what you ate. Well, that's the thing. It was nothing like, like and to be perfectly honest, I was like, I felt fine. I, I didn't like, even have like a rough night of eating the night before. I don't remember. It was just like, a, hey, man, let's roll. Oh, my God. Wow. Completely out of this, like out of the blue. You can't prepare for something like that. That's, that's rough. The, dude, I know. I mean, mine's usually like, I know 
I know when I'm going to be on the verge of shitting myself. Like, yeah. If I have a fucking large fry, like I'm lining up for the bathroom already. You for know? sure. So for it to come just out of nowhere like that, that's fucked up. There's... It really was. So I think that's like the funny too, where I'll be like, you guys like, like, I don't know. I'll have to figure out something to be like. It was like a, a terrorist attack. You're like yeah, getting, getting bombed of. out of nowhere. Yeah. we Pearl Harbor. Totally. Pearl Harbor. See, and I've used that in the past. <laughs> I, was, I almost no, didn't want to say that. I use that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, you got Pearl Harbor. It's a surprise attack. Oh, for that joke? Yeah. Oh, I, nice. And I got, somebody got really offended and I'm like, come on. I'm like, this is, I worked at this technology company back in the day and I called this girl and I'm like, oh, hey, sorry to Pearl Harbor you. Like a surprise. <laughs> And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you actually said that. And I was like, oh, I was like, I thought we were good now. Like, I'm like, I have to ask. It was still surprise. It was still a surprise. I'm not making light of a, an attack. Right. on. I mean, Pearl you don't got to explain it to me. But. but everyone knows that Pearl Harbor was a surprise attack. So I was referencing the surprise. I mean, I that got triggered that, that triggered that memory. That. Yeah. Instantly. She was like on. Tom Hanks on Omaha Beach, just with, you could hear nothing, like, just looking oh, around. What? My. Getting more flashbacks. I was like, there's no way you're actually that yeah. offended. No. You know? <laughs> like, and I wasn't like that. I was like young enough, but I was like, you're like my age, yeah, too. Did you, Get did you know someone on the shores? Yeah, seriously. Jesus. Unbelievable. I don't know, Biz. Hey, you That's took actually, hey, man, I'm going to write that one down. You might hear... The Pearl Harbor joke come in. You gotta write a, a follow up for if anyone does get offended in the crowd. Yeah. Like, what were you there? Yeah. Seriously. Fuck you. <laughs> My grandpa was in World War Two. Cocksucker. Yeah, you could say that. You have ground. You have grounds to say that. If you have oh. two two degrees of separation between you and Pearl Harbor, you can make a Pearl Harbor joke. And, and so, like, can't remember what you said something earlier, but it made me think of also this other incident. It was the Oktoberfest incident. Now I'm in Germany traveling abroad. Multiple of my co-travelers, you know, good friends, we've already shit our pants, you know, going like when you're in a different country, like you're, you're always second guessing like what you're eating and it's not the same water. Right. Kelly's so don't count and it doesn't matter. Who we've already been from. there. I've already, I'm already dubbed as number six. So it doesn't even make a difference <laughs> at this six? point. Um, yeah, I think there was six. It might've right. been the last guy. Hi, Potatoes. Potatoes is walking through the studio right now. Just appearance. telling some shit and pants stories. <laughs> Very romantic. <laughs> oh, I know. Taco Bell on the way. The stars are aligning. Perfect. Um, so this is like, this is, I think, something I can actually mold into a joke pretty easily because there's very few bullets. I got separated from my friends after a day long in Munich, Germany, Oktoberfest. Heavy drinking, crazy atmosphere, good food, unbelievable. One of the best times of my life. And we all already had stomach problems. So, like, you're eating schnitzel, ditzel, and whatever. You're just doing porter Pounding, visits. you got, like, 20% beers. Whatever the fuck these things Beer are. Beer shits are the worst. Go on. So, I'm, like, now in a offshoot, uh, you know, not a porta potty but, like, a, you know, a set-up bathroom. A leprechaun. Kind of like the ones, like those good ones that you see in like the VIP sections. Oh, okay. If you, you know what I mean? Like from a distance, 
Uh, God, at concerts, like, it'll be like a RV. Are we like, talking concert VIP bathroom? Yeah, or yeah. VIP, okay. Concert. I, I was like, we just went from a outdoor. Can I'm to, thinking like outdoor bathrooms. I gotcha. So it's like an outdoor setup bathroom. Okay, I understand. All these dudes are in there. I'm clearly American as fucking hell. Like, it sucks being Talking is like, oh, and just sore thumb yeah. as can be. And all these dudes were like, I go, oh God, I got like, I was like, I got to take a shit. And a lot of people speak English. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And they're like, they point to this black door that they're like, go wait right there. I'm like, all right, you know, thanks for your help. Oh, no. And I just wait in front of this black door that turns out to just be this giant black piece of plywood that is not like, it's like covering one of the urinals that everyone's walking in. There is no shitter. So I lose like, you was know, like when a, you're like almost there, closet? it wasn't even anything. It was like a black slab that covered the other urinal. It didn't even have a doorknob on it? No, it was just a big, big black piece of oh, wood. Oh, God, they got and, you. Well, the, and there was one kind soul that came up. Like, I think he was Icelandic and was like, hey, man, they're fucking with you. Like, there is no, no bathroom there. Like, you have to go, man. And I'm like. Oh no. And like, just like there it was like more of a discharge. It wasn't like horrible, but bad enough to be like unbelievable. And then I found the bathroom, got rid of my underwear, salvaged my sal Whoops. Hit the boom mic there. Salvaged my pants uh, to a, a good enough extent where I was you in Germany. Sacrifice them? I mean, I'm in Germany. It's like one in the morning. What am I going to do? No. Yeah. No, I didn't have to sacrifice them. I don't have them anymore, but they were okay. The underwear did most of the work. Thankfully. Yeah, when you get to that moment where it's like, like say you have to shit really bad and you see the stall is in use and yeah. it's like you lose all hope. It's Dude. like it's like when you're about to cry or something. Someone's yeah. like, "Are you gonna cry?" And you can't help it. Yeah, yeah. the floodgates burst. Dude, exactly. And then these fucking like just they knew what they were doing. And then once I knew I had been had, my the control was it was too late. Oh, I bet. So they this didn't even, they didn't even like laugh true. amongst each other after oh, they told you that. Like, like nothing gave like, it away that they might be joking. I mean, I have no. I just remember being like, okay, guys. That, that's truly evil. Like, hey, that black door over there. You wait there. And they were but, laughing. But if they were like, oh yeah, wait yeah. over there. <clears throat> they well, they were laughing at me, but I was like clueless. Probably because like, you were doing the shit dance. Dude, this is eight p.m. On the longest day of my life. Okay. You're on then, autopilot at that point. Oh, yeah. You can't, be, you can't be shitting on autopilot. And then, like, as I'm, like, leaving, they're laughing. I'm like, all right, guys. You know, <laughs> F you guys. Funny. And then that was when I walked out, and it was just over. Oh. So that's another one that I'm going to mold into something. So, sorry, did you shit your pants in the bathroom, though? No, it was like I went and finally found an actual, uh, like, actual bathroom with a sit-down. And they like, and that's when I realized I'm like, oh, that fart wasn't. And it was like yeah, really, really fart. drunk. Like, yeah, is it I, sweat? I, I, this is this is the thing. And, and I'm not going to get into gross out humor in my set, but it might be a little gross on the podcast. So well, this is a parental advisory. Yeah. No one said it'd be fucking clean. You know, we're talking about shitting yourself. Yeah. And these are the jokes that I want to tell. Yeah, there we go. You, you, I mean, you wrote fucking a whole series of blogs on this and sifted through how many how many stories didn't make it. Uh, a good amount. I mean, yeah. I, I did. I probably did like I don't know, 20, twenty five of them for sure. Yeah. Well, sometimes it was just like I was driving down the highway. I shit myself. It went everywhere. 
And like, yeah, and it's, it's like, like no one wants. It, to hear there's that. just no. I appreciate everyone writing in, but there's just no like story structure to it. You know, it's just a basically, I was here, shit myself, I lived. And <laughs> I'll leave you with this one. I got one more. Let's go. And this is one that was. It was like. Well, do we have to? Sorry, do we have to like craft that joke? Do I need to give you more uh, advice if I have any? Please do. Is that, is that how no, it works? No, yeah. If you got some, dude, this isn't, you're the guest. Open forum. I felt like I wasn't doing my job. No, you're good. I mean, if you have any angles, please let me know. I don't even know why I said that because I don't know. Oh, yeah. Know then I now do. you're like in the pretzel. You, you, you definitely have to talk about how you were so drunk that you didn't realize a piece of black plywood wasn't a bathroom. Right. And foreign country. And then everyone's giggling. And then I'm like laughing with the guys. Yeah, like funny, right? Trying to be like, I just got bullied. But right. I was like, hey, guys, come on. Yeah. Like, it's all right. <laughs> I get it. And like getting the fuck out of there. As long as we're all laughing. I couldn't believe that that had happened though when it did. You got played, man. Big time. And like, but there was this new, I'll never forget what this man's face looked like when he was like, and he was laughing and it was all in good fun. It's Oktoberfest. And he was like, Hey man, they're they're fucking with you, man. I'm like, thank you. I was like, I love that Icelandic accent. That dude. And then, yeah, he was like, we hung out for a while after that. With when the sh- accent guy? Yeah, he showed me, like, another, the actual bathroom. Oh, there you like, go. Like, I'm like, he's like, wait for me right here. Like, I'll show you. And I speak German. And, like, we were at a bar. My passport fell out. Like, he found it. Jesus. It was, oh, this, my. this is, like, and we never made another connection. I think he was, like, an artist for, like, Audi. Like, he, like, designed, like, cars. Wow. What happens if you. Very nice your- gentleman. What- Shout out to him. What was his name? Uh, no, no clue. Oh, some friend. What Dude, hap- I know. What happens if you lose your passport in another country like that? terror i was terrified i don't know i don't know what you do but my buddies like they found it and like let it like kind of carry on for oh 10 evil. minutes so but i said my goodbye to my icelandic friend who had now lived in bavaria Whoa. he was like welcome to bavaria I'm moving up and uh yada 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 when i said i was like leaving man gotta go and that's when i realized i lost my passport outside and now i'm back in the bar looking and I'd already said goodbye. He was like, what, what are you doing back here? Like, did you just say like goodbye to me? Like to get rid of me. And I was like, Oh no, man, I lost my passport. Like, no, like I'm not trying to trick you. Like he thought I was saying peace, bro. Leaving and like yeah. going into like the other like, corner the of the bar. So yeah, I, there's a lot that this got a lot deeper now and the I, memories I mean, are open, I just, opening up. I can't imagine what the, I just lost my passport scaries are like. That's it, why I asked. They like were finally like, all right, we can't actually let him do this. It was terrifying. Well, I mean, that's like for you, that's like, I, I might be stuck in this country scaries. Wouldn't have known what to do. Oh my God. Seriously. Like go to the, I mean, you, I guess you go to the embassy. You can't be having that thing in your pocket like that. And it just fell out. I was like, I got my like laminated in a locked case. Like dumb as fuck. So now, well, well, actually you were using that to get in the bars, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was my idea. Still, I would like, but it was in my front pocket. It just happened to like, yeah, I probably was like gaining so much weight throughout the day. Like my thigh (laughs) pushed it out of my pocket. Went to grab your phone, Snapchat the boys and that came out. Yeah. That really opened things up. (laughs) Um, one more, and this is one that was in the outline that I like. I think I even wrote like I don't even think I'm gonna go down this road. But, Come on, like, you want to know? All right. And I think actually this is something I could get advice from from a medical standpoint, as well as like it's a must tell joke in a certain facet. Long story short, this is during quarantine. 
three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. We're taking Bebop for a walk. Bebop loves Danny Conrad, by the way. He was tail was wagging, hanging out with them. Doesn't doesn't love all guests, but Danny uh, was. She doesn't. Does she like Barcel Carl? Well, it's he. Um, no, he, he? Bebop. Sorry. You just now. I wasn't you're gonna. Out. I assume gender. My bad. No, he uh, he doesn't like giant like you know imposing louder folks. What's like the record for guests Bebop likes? Like, should I be proud? Uh Is, yeah. Seriously. All right, good. You're top two. That's sick. Thank yeah, you. Up Bebop. to this point. Um, so yeah, Bebop. We take him for a walk, and it was like, okay, I had a stomach issue. Might have had like di- too much dairy. And we get to a certain point where I, I was like too far away from home. It's quarantine. There's a limited amount of places that are open. And we needed to pivot to the local Mariano's grocery store. I can't believe I'm telling you this right now. I love shitting grocery stores for the record. So do I. They're great. They're usually Sing- clean. Single person. Yeah. Air conditioning is top notch. Like a good Walmart in a like country. Like, oh, you know, the super Walmarts, though? Oh, dude, they're like all the way in the back. It's like better than my house. They bathroom. clean them every 15, like 15, 20 minutes. It's like one guy's job. There you go. It's unbelievable. So, like, I was like, fuck, like, hey, we have a problem. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go right now. Like, let's make our way to Mariano's. I start doing the walk. Like, it was like my stomach was messing up bad. We make it to Mariano's. All right, we make it. What's your walk like? Are you like the alien from Signs where you, because you can't. I was at first. I was at first. And then it, like, kind of went away. So I was like back to normal and I even went back. I was like, yo, like we're good. Like I'm not in as big of a hurry as I thought. Dude, wait until you fucking hear this. I cannot believe I'm putting this out on a podcast. So we get to Mariano's. I walk in, quarantine, mask on, go right first floor. I make it there. Thank God. I make it. Everything goes well. You know, I'm not going to get into details. You make it in onto the toilet or into Mariano's? Into Mariano's, into the bathroom. I make it into the toilet. Everything's fine. Okay, okay. I'm, and then this is, yeah, so okay. this is the problem. I wasn't expecting the bad part to happen after you shit in the toilet. I know, and neither did I. So I get up. Everything's fine. I'm like, motherfucker. And, like, I mean, I wash my hands vigorously. I'm, I've already washed the seat, you know, because it's, you know, quarantine time. And then I risked it as I was exiting the bathroom. Oh, come on. You're being greedy. And just me. I mean, it was like a, like a, what they call like blowouts for like, I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like a bottle rocket. Who the hell do you think you are? So you just sharded on your way out of the bathroom while my hand was on the handle opening the door. Wow. You took a chance and you you lost. Right I, as I'm, I'm in so, I the bathroom. Man, I made it, dude. Post fart shits are, are very rare, I feel like. That's why I don't even know what was going on. Did you get that little nanosecond of warm sensation by your asshole before the fart came out? That usually is the alert signal for like, this is more than what we bargained for. Dude, it was like, I don't know, pretty instantaneous. And like, if you knew how I was... I come out and like now I'm like in cleanup mode. Mm-hmm. This is so I'm not my, my the joke won't be gross out humor, and I'll I'll try to make this a little more fluffy than normally, and that's gross. Even just saying fluffy, is gross. fluffy. I like that. But I like that edge. Let me try to fluff this story up a little bit. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, 
they it was like oh my god and then i like i did my best and which which was like not that great was it visible through the shorts oh yeah dude it was oh, a problem man, you got some tough breaks it's hard to breach the this was layer. brutal brutal and i was so and this is like three weeks ago i was so <laughs> I thought it was like 10 years ago kate is probably in the other room right now cringing hearing what i'm saying because i came out and i was like absolutely furious like somebody i i don't even know like somebody took yeah. my lunch money like so pissed off and i'm like we're going i was like we got to go home right fucking now and like i'm like she's like what happened i'm like and i couldn't even tell her it's like, so it's like in a, in a movie, like where they, they're at the spot where the treasure is, but then they can't find it. You know, you came, you, you came too far to only go that far. Dude. So, I mean, and that's it. Like we got home. I finally like halfway on the way to like home. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry for freaking out when I came out. I was really pissed off at myself. Like <laughs> you were just I was like, motherfucker. Like I could not believe what I had just done to myself. That's... And like she's like, what is wrong? I'm like, I I shit my fucking pants. She's like, you didn't make it into the bathroom. I go, no, I did make it into the bathroom. I got cocky. That's the problem, dude. I got cocky. That is fucking good. So that is something I think is also like funny in retrospect. And I'm gonna try to hit some beats on that. I had a terrible comparison. I was saying it was like in a movie where I don't. I'm trying to think of a treasure, uh, like a national treasure type movie where. They come so far to find the fucking buried yeah. treasure, but they look around, they can't see the X. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like something, something. Yeah, from like, like that. the camera above or whatever. Or no, it'd have to be. <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm trying to think of a time where, you know, you thought you won. Yeah. Right? This is so hard for me. I always try to think of like metaphors in movies. I text one yeah. buddy and like think of a situation <laughs> where two unlikely teams combine so I can make a metaphor. And it's like it seems so easy, but it's like. No, I know it's not. Yeah, trying to be on top of that. Like I'm, I know exactly what you mean. Like, like when Thanos uses the resurrection stone. At the right. Last yeah. Right. There you go. Thank you. That was like trying to think of an Avengers relation. <laughs> it's like hard. my brain is shot. Or like in reverse, like Thanos thinks he's got the, like you know he's gonna snap and he last. doesn't. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's like, how's about this one? Got out of there. <laughs> nope. You asshole. <laughs> So that was the most recent incident, and the other two were ones that I know I think I can mold into some jokes. Um, honestly, uh, dude, thank you so much. Thanks I think for that's going to do it. Thank you so much for coming out. You're 100% part of the Better Business Bureau. Would be co host. Katie Patates kind of took the reins with that one during COVID. But we're going to have you back, honestly. Danny Conrad, what else? Is there anything that, like, you want to promote? Like, what's your Twitter handle? I know you do do funny shit on Twitter, so I think people should at least check that out. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, t- first, follow Barstool Chicago, Redline Radio, and Dog Walk on all platforms. Boom. And then if you have time, it's at Danny J. Conrad on Twitter and Danny Con underscore Red on Instagram. All right, Danny, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and now it is time for another edition of Corn Tatties, Potatoes. Thanks once again for joining us. Hi, you're welcome. Really appreciate it, as always, especially in your delicate state. Excuse me, delicate <laughs> state. That's right. You're always a delicate flower, but now twenty weeks pregnant tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's where we're at in that timeline. Just tell me a little bit. How are you feeling? Just a, a quick update. Um. It's tired. I mean, 
<laughs> tired and I feel like I have to pee all the time. Sorry for the TMI, but um, that's about it. Don't just, worry about the TMI. I'll tell you right now. I just got done telling Danny Conrad about the Mariano story. That's right. I forgot. So, <laughs> that was the uh, the subject of this uh, open for business. Right. So it's kind of fitting, I suppose. It is. And I mean, that was done a Friday ago, so we were a little loose. But yeah, don't don't quite worry about any too much information. <laughs> it's a safe zone here at, Op- at Open for Business Studios. Well, you know that. goodness. That's true. I did order Taco Bell while you guys were recording that, if I do recall. Yes, it was fantastic. So I guess my other thing is um, very intense cravings for very specific foods. I've noticed that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, a variety of pickles and stuffed olives in the fridge at times. Yeah. But like um, random, like the other day, I'm like, I really just want some plain kettle chips. Right. Which I don't usually like plain potato chips. So. Yeah. It's been an interesting grocery excursion <laughs> when I head out. Yeah. Each time I'm looking for something I'd never seen Very before. Very random. And I know now one thing that you've struggled with, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you. But maternity clothes and in quarantine, not being able to shop for clothes in general is tough. Yes. But maternity clothes, it just it it, walk me through that. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Everything sucks. Well, like, first of all, you're like, there's this stage where it's like you're pregnant, but like not pregnant enough for like the maternity clothes. So then you're like, all right, I guess I'll just go up a size. But I don't know about other pregnant women, but I don't like anything constricting on my body whatsoever, especially working from home. So it's just been hard to find clothes that are comfortable. And then I end up wearing like insane outfits. So when we take Bebop outside in the backyard, like our neighbors always probably think I'm a crazy lady because I have like the craziest outfits on. But I don't like it. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, so that's been limiting to yeah your wardrobe, I'd say. Oh yeah, yeah, because I've been doing stuff on Amazon and like those pants. So I bought these like super sweet linen pants. Remember, those I was, are like, nice. Pump- well, mm-hmm. the only reason they're nice is because I had to cut the elastic band on them because otherwise it was so uncomfortable. You're making personal modifications during I am, quarantine. Yeah, well, you have to. It's hard to shop. It's hard to shop in general, and then on top of that, I've never been pregnant before, so I don't know what I'm really looking for. So. Like, yeah, it's just been an interesting, it's been an interesting go from the very, very beginning. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like distractions. We can only basically take Bebop for a walk. Yeah. We're not going out to restaurants. Or no, especially now. With groups of people. I mean, like always, but like now it's, you know, we did have a couple of weeks where it was like, all right, like, you know, Chicago has been doing really good. We can maybe go out to eat but now they're rolling a lot of that stuff back so yeah. it's just it's just in all the studies that have been done about what can happen with the you know the fetus and all that are we i feel like i'm diving deep here oh no, that's fine this well is, this is, is the scene. <laughs> i don't want to turn turn quarantines into corn pregnancy days. no that's all right what and else are we little gonna tater do? Tot. this is this is reality quarantines is an evolving segment that's on true. open for business so um i did hear this is like just like a fun little thing that um a lot of people call when they reach 20 weeks, like it's halfway there. So they call it their Bon Jovi moment. Okay. I haven't heard that. I, I just something. read that the other day. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So now I've been thinking that song all week. But yeah, anyway, that's, that's cool. Back to the dark <laughs> aspect of that. But yeah, you don't, we don't know, like it's might as well safe than sorry, obviously. Yeah. And this very, very case is specific as possible. Um, it's the most important thing that we've ever 
Embark time. Yeah. This so journey. I don't know how to put it into words if you couldn't tell I started losing myself there. But yeah, hopefully, I mean, we can start. I could go to doctor's appointments and stuff soon, but well, probably just I mean, not looking like it. Just the way that other states seem to well, be even, rolling back, and they might have opened up a bit too early. It doesn't seem to be working out so hot. Yeah, you know, we might as well just. I don't think you're gonna be able to go to any because yeah, last get month, the mindset, Brett. That that's not gonna happen. Yeah, well, because last month, right. and sorry, I feel like I keep interrupting you. Um, no, you're not. I <laughs> apparently have a lot to say. Um, in my my June appointment, they were like, "Yeah, there's like gossip going around that you know, like we might you might be able to have like one person at your at the appointments going forward." It was like, "Oh, awesome!" Because this was in June, and my next appointment was actually just this past Friday. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, "We'll just call to make sure," but we think like it should be good. So then I called, and obviously you couldn't go, which is a bummer because that was a very exciting appointment for us. Yeah, definitely, and. I don't know. That's been a weird thing. I've said it. I don't know. I've said this in public and probably not in the podcast, but it's been the strangest thing. Maybe in the last podcast, not being able to go to the doctor. The one that's like the mm-hmm. only time I actually want to. Yeah. So it's been kind of ironic in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same token, I guess make it making do with with what we can and getting the fresh air and the pristine walks like the weather has changed. It was very hot for oh. a time. And then Ridiculous. we had some pristine days with Bebop. Yes. Where it was almost like, you know, I, it's like out of the Andy Griffith show. Like the town square like seems Lincoln too square. good to be true. Even <laughs> yeah. though everyone's wearing masks, it's a very, very nice atmosphere. Totally. Um, but yeah, Patates, thanks once again. I, I just wanted to hit on a few things that were, were, you know, I've noticed were the challenges. And one being the maternity clothes uh, snafu, we'll yeah. call it. And um, thanks once again. If you want to maybe say anything specific or just send off the listeners. Oh, wow. That's a lot of pressure. So just an FYI, Tim does not warn me what we're going to be discussing before any of these quarantines. So I never know what's going to happen. And I feel like the send off, I don't know if I can handle that. Just until next time almost. All right. Yeah. Well, until know. next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Since they want to know. Since they want to know Here's the formula on Oh, now let's go Standing a 5'8 stature Back with a second album Supplying your fear factor But Joe ain't the host, my nigga You have access to the most Noted flow on Shady's faction I ain't being cocky If so, set my apology Except, no, I process my thoughts logically First week sales Talks to toll from Tsunami But haters like to yell It's the white boy behind me But you couldn't inhale A flow that's more grimy It would still prevail If another label signed me Obi so timely Must Obi rem- Mind em. The first nigga to shine solo from the place you find him Nate of Detroit, a ghetto reporter Hit you with some heavy metal for supporting with your quarters A little something different from the homie from Michigan Basically, Obi's ripping on any instrument he's giving Come on. Since they wanna know They wanna know All I want is what's mine I don't 
niggas in the whip. All foes say they ain't fucking with try shit. Somebody's lying. I'm undenying. Denying me means that the driver got influence over you on certain things. Be distinguished. Just cause you ain't feeling his favorite MC don't mean you speak no English. Hop out the car. Catch the bus. At least you be established as the man that you are. I hate to take it so far and so tedious, but niggas bleed like bitches. I'm truly believing this. Once a month, they wake up with a OB tampon inserted in their nuts. Give them the flux, cause my bucks is up. And no, this ain't eBay, so please be easy. Gotta be delusional to think OB is losing, yo. Let them get a whip of some shit, they quick to abuse it, though. They wanna know Selling when I hit him with Van Helen, but it's just a man from the ghetto rebelling. Rebel without a cause, cause I'm in them Superman draws, running around the shack. Mama had his living, now your man's living an inch from truly killing him. All due to ambition, a gift given from the man who invented him. When the system screws just like Lil Tim and him, but bless the child who maneuvers the senses then. Spitting venom had them same dudes interested in him. My vision's unlimited. Music's my outlet. I rock an outfit for all the foul shit I witness. Make it my business to get a listener. One clear description. If you're hearing them, you will catch what I'm pitching. Guarantee it serve your addiction. Come on. Since they